I had a chance this morning and second weekend in a row that I was able to go up to the farmer's market up on Charlotte Avenue here in Nashville. And it is such a great place to go. Uh, first time I took Stewie up with me, my little dachshund, and then I took the uh, little dog that I dog sit for, the little Pomeranian up today. And a very dog-friendly park up there. And it just is such a fun place to go. And the characters you meet up there are really fun. And an opportunity to get some really great food and uh, coffee and drinks and kombucha and Oh, gosh, farm fresh eggs and meat, and they have all sorts of great stuff up there. I had the opportunity to meet the Creole diva, Lynn Jones, and she is such a delightful woman from New Orleans who's here in Nashville now, and she sells all these wonderful Creole um mixes, you know, the the red beans and rice, the dirty rice, the jambalaya mix, the uh, white beans and rice, the Creole seasoning, and she had the most fantastic-looking peach cobbler, which I wish I could eat it, but being gluten-free, I'm not able to, and it's just so hard to 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 pass something like that up. And the other thing she had, too, because I was talking about, you know, my experience that I'd had at Kate Spade, um, selling designer handbags, and she ha- is uh, has been making these uh, tote bags with uh, tapestry pattern, and just really the shape is really wonderful. And I said, and she said, this is the only one I had left. And I told her, I said, you know, hey, this shape is really popular this year. This tapestry pattern is going to sell like crazy. You really need to make some more of these and get them out there and get them out to uh, to sell because I think that they're going to be really, really popular, especially as we start going into fall here. Um, you know, there, there was just something about it that just it just was really fantastic. And this Lynn was just so sweet, so fantastic. And I told her I was going to give her a shout-out on on Instagram, she probably doesn't know that I'm also giving her a shout out on my podcast. And uh, the lady that was with her, I didn't get her name. She's a really wonderful lady who was with her too. And I just so enjoyed talking to them. If Pua and I had not been quite so hot, I think I would have chatted with them a little bit longer, as long as I didn't interfere with any of their <laughs> of their business, you know. Um, but it was just really fantastic. And I'm so excited to try this dirty rice mix. I absolutely love really good dirty rice and I brought it back to the house and I smelled it and it's like oh my goodness I just cannot wait the smell of the spices it just it, it, I'm just really super excited and if you get a chance to uh, follow the Creole Diva on Instagram and Facebook please do um, just a fantastic lady and the other place that was there was Mama Yang and Daughter and I have been reading about their homemade dumplings on um Oh, gosh, I can't remember how I found them. Uh, I was just reading about Nashville food, and I'm really super-duper excited to try their original pork dumplings and uh, the dipping sauce. Now, you know, I I am gluten-free. The dumplings do contain wheat, but I find that there are certain... 
foods that I can have a little bit of, um, and uh, usually the steamed dumplings at most uh, Chinese restaurants, I am okay with eating a couple of them, and I'm really super excited to try these tonight. Um, another place there that is there that I've tried before has been uh, Drink Walker Brothers Kabucha, and I've tried their blueberry jasmine and their ginger before, and I think I've had their citrus before, and it's a really great local company here in Nashville. And what a lot of these companies are is they are companies from the Nashville area, from Kentucky, from Southern Kentucky, from Georgia, who are coming in, and the goods that they offer is just fantastic. And the atmosphere at the farmer's market on Charlotte every week, uh, every Saturday in Nashville, is just a fantastic place to go. And, you know, I love... One thing I really love about social media is how it brings so many of us together. I had a lady reach out to me uh, this week with her. It's a female-owned vodka company, Timeless Vodka. And this this lady who... uh, owns it, um, you know, reached out to me and said, have you tried this? You know, it's a female-owned business. And I said, I would love to try it. I'm not much of a drinker, to tell you the truth, but I do like a good quality uh, vodka, and it's gluten-free, which is one thing that I always look for. And uh, I do like rum, <laughs> you know, and I have liked rum long before, you know, I ever had a reason why, you know, rum would come into my life. But uh, anyway, um it is sold, uh, I'm trying to think where it's sold here in Nashville because I want to get that to you. It is sold at the Frugal McDougal here in Nashville. And ladies, if you get a chance, go out there and buy a bottle and let Timeless Vodka know what you think. Because I think it's great that there is a female-owned biz- business in the liquor business. And, and I know some people don't drink and I know, you know... <laughs> Some people, you know, all of that. But if you're someone who enjoys an occasional drink or who enjoys, you know, a good vodka, um, definitely go give it a try. Um, Because I'm always going to be super supportive of female-owned businesses. And I want to give a shout-out to Daniela Malieva, who uh, was on here with Trefiori in Philadelphia. This woman, what she has been creating with her cupcake confections um, with buttercream flowers. They are true works of art. As a matter of fact, I recommended her to Paulina Poroskova, uh, who I, I casually know Paulina's family. Um, long, goes back a long way. And when I saw that Paulina had, was down in Philadelphia, I said, you got to go check out Daniela's place or order from Daniela. And uh, I... I really want Daniela to get down here to Nashville, and I want to introduce Nashville to Trefiore because, um, you know, not only are they works of art, but they are just wonderful, wonderful gluten-free cupcakes. And with uh, Vegan V that used to be up on uh, 46th Avenue here, out of business, you know, we need another good gluten-free bakery or way to get 
really good gluten free. I don't know if if if, if Daniela is willing to franchise or something. I mean, this is this is an idea, people. This is an idea out in Nashville. You know, maybe team up with Daniela. Now they're not going to be quite the same, but you know, Daniela could teach the techniques, and Daniela can uh, you know uh, give her recipes and um, you know under a franchise. Hey, Daniela, seriously, you need to grow your business because I tell you, it's it's probably the most drop dead gorgeous artisan cupcakes I've ever seen in my life. And 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 if you get a chance, do listen to my interview with Daniela uh, that I did back in February. A lot has changed in my personal life since February. Uh, things are slowly starting to get better and uh, experiencing everything here in Nashville that I wasn't able to experience for a while just because of, you know, what was going on. And uh, it is really great now to be able to get out in Nashville. And I saw something now. Now, I'm an insurance person at heart. You know, not only am I uh, an artist, a photographer, an art historian, um, a lyric writer, a poet, uh, you know, write poetry and uh, write (laughs) other stuff. I'm an insurance person at heart. And I was headed out to the mall yesterday and I turned the corner here and I have never seen an auto accident that looked like this. But it was a car fully intact that was at about a not quite a ninety degree angle up on the up on the um, the uh, cord the uh, cord that extends from a utility pole and it was leaning there. I don't know how this person managed to get that car up that that wire onto the utility pole. Uh, fortunately, it looked like it didn't damage the pole or anything. You know, there was some damage to the guard, the little guardrail around the uh, the wire, but I've never seen an accident like that before. And I've done a lot of auto insurance accidents, and it was like, whoa, you know? Um, the other thing I want to say, too, is, you know, uh, Nashville driving is very different than Ohio driving. And, uh, you know, you get people that, that drive, like, 20 miles under the speed limit, more so, you know, I'm exaggerating a little bit. You know, the people in Nashville as a whole tend to stick to the speed limit with a lot of people going well under the speed limit. We're in Columbus, Ohio. I mean, everybody's at least 10 miles over the speed limit. I personally don't like to speed. I'm a by-the-rules person very much, and it frustrates me when people do speed. But but anyway... um, you know, it, it, was kind, it was kind of funny because as I was going to the mall yesterday, I went through a section to downtown that's getting ready for the uh, Grand Prix uh, auto race here. Uh, I guess they're Indy cars that are coming next weekend here in Nashville, and they're setting up the, um, the, tr- the track with the high fences and the guards, you know, so the cars don't go off the track, um, and setting up the racetrack because uh, it starts right around Nissan Stadium and goes up and comes around through parts of down, downtown Nashville. And it's really going to be a really big event next week uh, here in Nashville. And it was kind of funny because I'm on this little section of road, you know, up by uh, Korean War Veterans Drive with with. You know, that was be set up as a racetrack, and I'm like, "Hey, cool!" You know, I'm I'm, I'm in my little little Lexus, and I'm you know, "Hey, cool!" You know, I for for just like a block and a half, you feel like you're actually on a racetrack, and uh, so that was kind of funny yesterday uh, to do that. Um, but yeah, the thing with Nashville is there's just such a spirit here, and um, you know, I talk about it a lot because. 
you know, for so long, I was kind of sequestered here in Nashville. I wasn't able to go out and wasn't able to do the things that I really wanted to do, you know, because there were some safety issues and everything. And now to be able to go out and really to experience Nashville is 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 great. You know, I, I'm not out very often. You know, I, I work full time. Um, you know, my, my job is very, very important to me. Um, got some really good news about a chapter that I wrote. Uh, I rewrote an entire chapter of a life insurance book, and then I partially rewrote a chapter on annuities in this life insurance book that's going to be used by some of the biggest insurance companies and the American College in training people about life insurance. Now, I have my CLU from the American College, and uh, the fact that something that I'm going to write, that I wrote in the supplement that'll be incorporated into the rewrite uh, when they republish the book next year, is going to be used by... Um, you know, a place that I got an insurance designation from a very, you know, it's almost like a master's degree in life insurance in some respects is going to be using something that I did some writing on. It's just really exciting. I, I'm really thrilled about that. And, um, you know, my head has been in NTFs this, this past couple weeks and has been into crypto and has been to cy- cyber coverage because all of this is interrelated into what I'm writing about. And I'm hoping I have an interview here with, uh, with a local agency that does a lot with uh, NTFs and content creators in the music bin- business because I think that's something that as a creative person we need to understand um, the insurance coverages that are out there, the protections, you know, what happens when we create an, an NFT, NTFs. Oh my gosh. An NFT, excuse me. When we create an NFT and we put it out on the marketplace, you know, and and it's bought and um, when you transfer it into, into to the to the buyer of it, you know, there needs to be some insurance every step along the way, just as there needs to be some insurance every step along the way for um, social influence, social media influencers, for music composers and writers and, and content creators. And so I'm very excited to really dive into this and to understand all of this, because I'm not the most technical person in the world. I, I sat there, I'm like, learn, I've been learning how to create an NFT, online and uh, learning a lot about blockchain technology, which I think I've talked about before on here. And um, it's, it's, just, it's just a very fascinating thing. And my head has been trying to wrap around and how do I write these articles? How do I also write about InsureTech? You know, it's, it's a new concept. Uh, these techno- these insurance, co- these uh, startup insurance companies that are that are shaking up the entire traditional insurance business. It's 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 just very fascinating uh, what I do. So, you know, being someone who's multi-talented, multi with multi-interests, you know, I'm someone that my mind, if it's not on work, if it's not on creating, it's on what's the next step, what's the next plan, what's the next thing, you know. I mean, I wake up at four o'clock in the morning and I'll put down lyrics, and and I want to tell you there is a book out there that I want to share with you. Um, it's uh, let me get the name again because I want to make sure that I get this correct for you all. Um, for you all, because uh, uh, 
because this book really was something that I read. It is called Saved by a Song, The Art and Healing Power of Songwriting by Mary Gauthier. And I hope I say her last name right. Uh, she is a Grammy-nominated uh, songwriter and author. And this she she is just this amazing woman who has this amazing story to tell and to tell how she got into songwriting and uh she's kind of I think it's more of like a folk genre that she writes my mother was heavily into folk music for many many years my mother would go to a lot of folk festivals I was raised on Peter Paul and Mary I was raised on Burl Lives I was raised on a lot of the storyteller tradition that you get in traditional folk music and my mother played a lot of it over the years you know Woody Guthrie and um uh, you know, I'm just uh, Joan Baez. Um, you know, a lot of these singer songwriters, James Taylor, uh, Jim Croce. I mean, these were the type of stuff. And and Mary's book is an amazing book. Someone who hit rock bottom and discovered songwriting, much like Amy Mayo. Uh, you know, she Amy Mayo has a story to tell on her on her uh, looking at the what is it looking at the sky. I, I'm sorry, Amy, if I if I mess up the the title, but um, you know, Mary's story is really amazing and how she le- gets into the songwriting and. Um, I highly recommend it because not only that, she also talks about uh, being being a lesbian, being queer, and being gay, and knowing this, you know, all her life. And as a parent of a gay son, um, and the stepsister of of a gay stepbrother, you know, it, you. you to gain some understanding about how it is to grow up there and then to also f- learn about how she was adopted and a lot of the journeys. Um, you know, to me, that's very important, having family members who have been adopted and um, and to gain a better understanding about all of this. Um, her book really inspired me also in the songwriting because she gives some very good, strong, solid songwriting advice within the book. And Amy Mayo does that with her, with her Talking to the Sky book as well. Um, some very good, solid songwriting advice. And I remember after I finished the book, I put it down and I went to bed. And it was one that was very hard to put down, just like Amy's book was very hard to put down. I wanted to, I wanted to get it because they're, they're such brilliant writers that you just want to get into the story and you want to know how it ends. You want to know where it, where they are today, and you want to get through this entire story that they, you know, that they, that they've, both women have gone through. And uh, I wake up at four o'clock in the morning and I jot down this lyric, and. It's and uh, it's actually on my Instagram that I wrote uh, wrote this lyric and I tagged Mary in it, um, but I sent it off to to Kenny and I sent it off to Jason, and um, I got good feedback from both of them on it, and especially Kenny. And uh, when you get a wow or an amazing from Kenny on a lyric that you've written and you've, you've you know, passed it off to him because Kenny, Kenny collects lyrics from and songs from so many people. And, you know, I'm sure that there are many that, you know, it's just kind of, you know, and he's done that to me several times. He's been, eh, you know, but when you get an amazing from Kenny and on one of your lyrics, it, it just, it's like, 
<laughs> it's just the best feeling in the world. Now, whether it's going to be turned into a song or something, you know, we, that's, that's yet to be seen. But, you know, to get that kind of feedback from that quality and to have Mary's book inspire a lyric that got a wow from Kenny that, that really made, really made my day. And, uh, if you get a chance, do pick up the book. Uh, do pick up the book, say, by a song by Mary Gauthier and do pick up Talking to the Sky by Amy Mayo. And if you have any interest whatsoever in songwriting, I highly recommend both of these books because these are by two very successful songwriters. And, um, it kind of tells you where you dig deep into your soul when you dig deep into your experiences to come up with, with, songs that the rest of the world can relate to in so many ways um, is amazing. And, um, you know, one thing about Nashville is that there is music everywhere. There is song everywhere. And being someone who from the earliest age has always had a song of some sort running through my head. And a lot of this was the influence of my mother by playing the music and growing up in the, around the Lutheran church, you know, um, and going to church every Sunday as a child and hearing the hymns and, and the choirs. And, and we had, at the time, a more modern choir that, that, uh, that, uh, did, did, um, a little more modern, uh, type, uh, Christian songs. Yeah, growing up very much in that tradition, um, it's really, it's, it's really cool to, because there's always been music in my head and I never had a voice to this music before, you know, music, musically, I'm not the best musician. Um, you know, if, if you give me a saxophone, give me a fingering chart, give me a clarinet, say, learn this solo, I can do it. It's been a long time, but I'm always going to have to have the music in front of me. I'm not someone who can remember or play music as a musician by ear, but I can create music and I can write musically and rhythmically so that a musician, a singer can take what I have written and turn it into a song very easily. You know, I've been told by several people that that, uh, my lyrics are that way. Uh, You know, they need a little fixing. I mean, I'm not the best person on choruses. But one thing I learned is to always have a really great start line, a really great line that draws you into the song immediately. And uh, I think that's something that, that I find magical is I, is I have this, I will get a line in my head. It could be something on the news. It could just be something that pops into my head in the middle of the night and I've got to get up and I've got to write the song. And, uh, you know... It, I don't know how many others are like that. Um, you know, this this is new. I never, ever, in a gazillion years, would have ever expected to ever get into anything such as songwriting. You know, poetry, yes, because that was the other thing besides the music was the love of poetry that my mother had. My, you know, my earliest books were poetry books that I really remember reading over and over and over again. And my mother had these volumes of poetry books, uh, Tennyson and Brian, you know, and, and, um, Oh, Robert Frost was her favorite, and she used to quote Robert Frost a lot. And uh, I never really read a lot of Emily Dickinson. I've read a few over the years, and I've taken poetry courses in in both high school and college. And, um, uh, 
you know, there's always been this bit of a poet in me. You know, my, my really great friend Amos White, you know, writes haikus and he writes poetry and he really, he would take my photography or my artwork and he would write a haiku to it. And I think the influence of Amos and my mom and the poetry and, and finding out that I have this knack to write poetry and to write lyrics has really been a kind of life-saving in some respects to me because it's allowed a creative outlet when I wasn't able to do a lot of photography or a lot of drawings or a lot of painting or anything. When I kind of had to just close my world off so much until some things were solved around myself and my husband, which, you know, are not entirely solved, but there, there, there's so much, you know, that it's, it's on its way. It's on its way. And to have people say you are a talented writer, um, means the world to me. And, um, I want to encourage anybody who has, any any type of of songs or poetry or stories running through your head to get your story out to find a way to express that um, it could be with a guitar it could be with your voice singing with a guitar it could be you know just writing it down uh, we don't write so much on paper anymore uh, we write I write on my iPhone, I write on, you know, when I have a computer, I will write it down on the computer, but I tend to do more on my iPhone because my iPhone is always handy. And then I send it off to those that uh, I send, you know, lyrics off to on a regular basis, you know, Kenny and Jason and Kevin, and and I share a few here and there with you all so that you can see that there is this this poetry, this writing, these stories that we all need to get out, that we all need to tell. And I really want people to be able to tell their stories. And it's going to bring me back to when I was at the farmer's market today here in Nashville and meeting Lynn Jones and talking a little bit and hearing a little bit about her her story um, and her business. And, you know, she has a story to tell. And um I want everybody to be able to find a way to tell their story and to find what their passion is in life. You know, I've talked about passions in life before. And whether it's it's Creole cooking or Chinese dumplings, making kombucha, uh, brewing coffee. Um, I'm sorry I didn't catch the name of the coffee shop that I went and got a cold brew. You know, I'm a coffee connoisseur. I love coffee. Love good coffee. <laughs> Don't like sweet coffee. Don't put sweetener in my coffee, you know, but I love a really good brewed coffee with just a little bit of cream in it. And, um, you know, whether that's your passion or your passion is being a female-owned business with artfully decorated cupcake, gluten-free cupcakes or creating a line of gluten-free vodka that is a woman-owned business and being able to negotiate with a distillery and get your name out there. You know, that is fantastic. And I just want you all to just follow your dreams, find something you're passionate about, and to say to you today, "Ah, thank you for listening.